<laughs> you got this. <laughs> yeah. Hey, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> clicked off yet no if not congratulations this is the red rum and red wine podcast guys the podcast people sorry (laughs) sarah's i should remember sarah saying that guys is not okay to say anymore (laughs) cut back to whatever episode that was oh god sorry we're giggly but yeah this is the podcast where we talk about murder mystery and mishaps and we're clearly two of them (laughs) you never said it was red rum and red wine yeah i did bitch yes i did no you you just said it's podcast people (laughs) (laughs) no i said this is the red rum and red wine podcast (laughs) okay i swear i'm here (laughs) think i know what i said i'm pretty sure and if i didn't hi we're the red wine red wine podcast and i'm so fucking embarrassed did you miss us because we missed you clearly i missed you so much yeah we're we're just so desperate to come back and hop on to no i don't know (laughs) okay to be fair my cheeks hurt from like smiling and laughing so hard which is good because i don't do that normally (laughs) Yeah, it just means we're that great of a time. But yeah, I'm Kristen. And I'm Sarah. And welcome. If you couldn't tell, there are drinks involved. I am having one White Claw because my doctor recommended that I have no more on this type of medication. <laughs> that I have one less. <laughs> that I have one less that I'm drinking right now. But, you know, we just, mm-hmm. just got to sneak the one in just for the show. Just for the show's sake. Well, I, on the other hand, will not be having just one. <laughs> what is that? Of anything. I, right now, am drinking a locale beer, Hazy Plains IPA. Oh. So there is a one local brewery in the town where I live, and um, I was at the little... Like, if I don't buy my wine and beer from Walmart or one of the grocery stores, there's this little, like, it's called the package store. So, it's this, like, itty-bitty kind of liquor store, but it's mostly beer and wine. And mm-hmm. um, so, I usually get beer there if I don't. It's And it's closer than anything else. So Yeah, I was about I'm, to say, it looks yeah. like it, an alien literally gave you a can of beer. <laughs> so well, I guess how you had it placed so, I was like, like what the fuck is that small it's literally just a silver can like it's nothing fancy it's a silver it can looks like the silver surfer from Fantastic Four yeah it's just a white label on a silver can that nice. um, says its name and it has the brewery's logo and stuff and so like they have the restaurant and brewery here in town it's okay yeah it's like it's all right i give it like three stars well, it's honestly the service it's like 
the last time we went, we did have good service, and it just so happened that, like, when immediately when we walked in, this is such a tangent, I'm sorry, but when we walked in, I smell, like, this whiff of, like, chemical or, like, the smell of paint. I assumed Mm -hmm. it was just paint or something, and then they had, like, buckets on the floor that maybe they had a leak or something going on. I don't know. And I'm the weird person who likes and enjoys that smell of paint. <laughs> you know, like so I like the smell markers of as a child. <laughs> so I didn't mind it, but I immediately brought it up to Blake, and he was just like, he can't smell anything. So he's just like, <laughs> <laughs> and, and whenever the waitress, um, whenever we ordered our beers, and she's like, oh, and the beers are on sale because. If you can notice, they're doing some construction next door, and it smells really bad. Okay, I'll take it. I'll take it, dude. Um, Anything for some discounted beer. Um, like our food literally took an hour to get to us, and she had another. You know, I say excuse, um, but. It seemed logical. (laughs) It was pretty funny. So just uh, whenever we, I've never had like an awesome experience going there besides their beer being good. But even then, like the beer, like I swear, it takes forever to get to your table. So when I saw a six pack, in long story short, when I saw the six pack at the package store of their Hazy Plains IPA, I was like, you know what? I'm going to get it. (laughs) I'm going to support the local. lovely story. Without the <laughs> shitty service. Okay. <laughs> done. Done and done. Ew. Oh, well, speaking of stories, are you ready to hear a fucked up one? Always, girl. Because, you know, I, I just admire our friendship so much. I mean, like, I think we're best friends, right? Um... <laughs> I, yeah. Bitch, why are you pausing? <laughs> Awkward. I'm just kidding. Oh, what, I'm no, just what the kidding. fuck? Of course, Kristen. Okay, I'm going to go cry now. Um, but yeah. <laughs> I would not be doing this with a non-best friend. Oh, yeah, we only have a podcast in like four years of our lives together. I don't know. Okay, it, it's more like six, bitch. Oh, shit. <laughs> Well, hey, you can't blame me. I smoke a lot of weed. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, I just, I really, well, okay. One, I'm a little selfish. This is a little bit about me. What are we talking about? So I, guys, I've been on a really big vampire kick, like the Twilight and the Vampire Diaries. I've just been digging it. And I'm a really, it's not all about me though because you know i'm a good listener i'm a good friend i remember okay. you said that you liked scottish accents yes so I, I, I just got the chills <laughs> so i got you a scottish story about some best friends oh. it just made me think of you right when i saw it i was like if this was us in high school yep that's us <laughs> that's Hell us right yeah. there Oh my Except gosh. No. no. Okay. <laughs> I'm in like vampires right now. Such a vibe. Mm-hmm. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's because fucking... 
sink those te- let's sink the teeth in. sink those fangs right into this case because today i'm going to be talking <laughs> <laughs> sorry <laughs> oh god i'm trying not to laugh for this because today i will be talking about the murder of thomas mckendrick so I know I laugh to make jokes, but um, <laughs> I don't even know how to fucking start it. <laughs> okay, but we can't help it sometimes. Yeah, we can't help it. I'm sorry. But this actually starts off with like one of the, f- one of a family's worst nightmares in the world when uh. their beloved son and brother, Thomas McKendrick, had not returned home after a day out and about on December 11th of 2002. Oh, shit. So, fairly recent like within the millennial millennia within the the past 20 years yeah that too (laughs) 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 the past century (laughs) so he had shared a house with his sister sandra and his widowed mother sandra french and they had lived in Flawed House Church Place, which was essentially an area in a town called West Lithonian, which was in Scotland. And it's a super, super small town. So if you don't know it, totally okay. It's in between Glasgow and Edinburgh, which, like, mm. I know those towns, but I have no yeah. idea where they are. So I've like, heard of those two towns, but I couldn't tell you. I probably should have looked at a map, but, like, what help would it have done? I would have forgotten. So yeah, Kristen's really bad at um, directions. Yeah, so, so direction. <laughs> God just did not, did not give me any kind of help there, but it's okay. He gave me GPS. So after the family went into the police station to declare him missing, it thankfully wasn't like some of the recent cases we've been talking about uh the officers aside from the last one so the officers were pretty on top of it so like right away they would start going door to door around the village and start asking like hey have you seen thomas do you have any clues on what happened like good good is anything going on that you want to say to help us with the case right and essentially they would get that there was a blue-eyed man around five foot eleven inches that they should be looking for, but that was pretty much like all that they could get. And like yeah. in one really really random article, it had like when he had first gone missing, it described that he, the cops had essentially thought that Thomas had been lured away by like a gay man and had basically like turned him down and then i guess had killed him out of anger which thomas wasn't gay and i don't really like know where they came up with that assumption but i guess like maybe later on the events it kind of makes they just describe thomas as like really trusting so i guess like maybe it's just a theory that they were trying to run with as to like right how he could be lured away or killed because i guess they would think like oh a woman can't kill him (laughs) sexist but (laughs) true totally could have okay (laughs) totally could have happened okay we'll talk about a case eventually but either way it was just like an interesting little article that i found i was like okay i don't whatever just interesting yeah 
of course, he was still missing at this time, but birthdays would pass, holidays would pass, like major events would go on and Thomas would nowhere would be nowhere would be no what am I trying to say? Would he be couldn't be found, be found anywhere. Yes. Would be nowhere to be found. Would you be had it right. Yeah. Would be nowhere to be found. It just sounds wrong. I don't know. And he had been getting some kind of benefit checks. Um, I know he was unemployed at the time that he went missing, so I don't know if it was unemployment benefits or something like that, but those checks had went uncashed. So either way, it was just the facts were not looking yeah, the brightest. Somebody the- doesn't just not pick up their free money. Exactly. So, And that was his only source of income. So there was right. no way that he would have probably like had money stored away or anything like that so the family is really assuming the worst and those fears would only be confirmed when on january 18th of 2003 so just five weeks after he had been reported missing Mm. when a little over five weeks when constable kenneth gray would spot a forearm and hand sticking out of a drainage ditch (gasps) when he was searching the wooded area in the northwest area of uh flout house Oh, wow. Yeah. An autopsy would later confirm that this was indeed Thomas McKendrick's body, and it would show that he had been brutally murdered. It would be reported that he had been stabbed a total of 42 times (gasps) around the head, neck, and body area. Holy shit. As well as being brutally bludgeoned a total of 10 times in his head around his head okay yeah like total like overkill not a stranger overkill yeah not as mm. like it's passion it, it's just like the rage yeah and do you you later find on that the head wound the head trauma came first and it's just like why the stabbing after yes he was clearly dead clearly like it described skull fragments like being away from his body apart yeah yeah like detached so Uh, it he was clearly dead it's it's just like so senseless so i disgusting crap yeah why why would you do that it It was also apparent when they found his body that Thomas had been dead for weeks and like (gasps) pretty much had been dead since the time he had been missing. And Mm. cops would find that very interesting because there was a suspect that they had talked to that had actually said that they had talked to Thomas not that long ago. Oh, and this person was named Alan Menzi. So, mm, Menzi. Menzi. I hope I'm saying it right. Well, right. <laughs> <laughs> I just like give up on that at this point. So, whatever. <clears throat> so, Alan Menzi was born on April 21st of 1981 in Flawed House. He would be described as like a pretty quiet and withdrawn kid. And his mom would say that he would often just like stay in his room and close with and close his blinds and then frantically hover and dust his room all day. Like he was really, really into cleaning. <laughs> I'm so sorry. That literally sounds like when I was so like 
anxious the other day. <laughs> oh, about your camper. <laughs> okay, no, I was but hovering you're hovering for sure. Okay, no, but you're anxious. Like this dude, just like that's just his normal behavior. You know what I mean? Yeah, that like, is very odd. Yeah, like especially you're... for a teen. What he's you said like this is when he's a teenager, kind of right? Like it's for a teenage boy dusting his room. Yeah, it's right. just like <laughs> yeah, I know. Ser- like seriously, I mean, right now Theodore will pretend with the broom, but I can't imagine and. 13 years that he'll be doing that still but yeah so if, if he's actually doing that shit something's weird yeah it it doesn't say exactly when he does this but it pretty much describes like that's his behavior throughout his entire childhood and like young adulthood and it, it that's not the worst of it so oh <laughs> great so it gets a little confusing because obviously different articles say different things uh but kind of based from what I gathered in one article, it had described how he would go, Alan would go into really violent fits and he had actually stabbed a fellow school pupil when he was 14. <gasps> and um, he like, did he kill him? No. So he hadn't killed anyone. Um, Cause he, I do believe and this is where i i don't know if this is the same person or if it's a different boy so either he attacked another boy or it's the same one but either way um this 13 year old was left with serious injuries but he didn't die holy shit but either way like he has attacked multiple people because he did attack a family member he tried to attack him with a knife and yeah they only hit him with a 300 pound find and just like sent him on his way oh my god but for the attack on the 13 year old boy that was left with severe injuries alan had to spend a three-year stint in a detention center for that so he would spend it at saint mary's in bishops briggs glasgow and while he was in St. Mary's, he would actually try to hang himself using his pajamas as a ligature. So, so obviously it didn't work. Yeah, and he's just showing, like, major self-harm issues, and he had apparently even been showing it on from, like, an earlier age. So, in one of the inquiries that I was reading, his mom had recall recalled that he overdosed around like four to five times in his childhood slash young adulthood. Uh, so he would use paracetamol, which I didn't look up, but I think it's like some kind of medication, I guess. Yeah. And uh, some of these would actually lead to him being hospitalized. And she would also speak about how there were like two to three additional occasions where he would threaten to overdose like oh i'm gonna go kill myself or whatever and then he just like wouldn't do it yeah so definitely sounds like someone who uh wouldn't have friends but um he did manage to find one and that was thomas mckendrick so they actually met when they were like only four years old oh yeah so they had been friends for a very long time and pretty much like stuck with him through it all and yeah it wasn't alan wasn't violent towards thomas uh from what i could read it really like the worst it got with thomas was that alan would 
I guess, like, kind of yell at him and chuck his remote control if he lost at video games or something like that. But Oh, yeah. I mean, like, I guess. Stupid shit. Yeah, stupid shit. And then it's, like, stupid boy shit. It's just whatever. But Stupid boy shit. That's (laughs) what I meant by stupid shit. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And then it's, like... I just, um, being young, I, I could imagine, like, oh, my friend went to detention. That's so fucking cool. Whatever, like, bad boy shit. But either way, Thomas would, like, stick through his side with everything and just, like, continue to be his best friend. Um, mm. But, yeah, obviously, like, with all of that, something was clearly uh, a little wrong with Alan. Uh, so his mom would... I don't like in what one of the articles I was reading it had said that the mom had noticed that something was wrong with him and wanted to go to her local doctor to basically ask questions but then I guess when she was given the opportunity to get Alan help in the sense of like hey something's wrong with my son mentally uh she didn't take that offer And she would later say how she regretted not getting Alan help when she could, like, see the signs. Yeah. Yeah. Because she she could tell from the beginning. And, like, uh, so Alan's parents would separate when he was 19 and Alan would decide to move in with his father. So, I mean, like, I don't know if that's, like, says anything. But uh, it would just go on to say... Or it would just be like the mom kind of lost control over trying to help Alan at that point. But I think she said around 17 to 18, she truly started to notice like, hey, there's something kind of seriously going on, which I know. um, So she he does end up being seen by psychiatrists later on. And according to professionals, they would basically say that. He would have, like, a vivid fantasy life, but it didn't really coincide with him having any type of mental illness, though Mm. um, I know with schizophrenia, it's, like, uh, teenage, or males will typically get it in their, like, younger teenage years, and it comes in, like, uh, I'm going to spill the facts out wrong, but it's, like, in years of seven or something like that, so you have, like, a certain age that you have to worry about having like a mental break Mm. pretty much like I oh my god yeah everyone's gonna come for me because I said that totally wrong but there's it's like Um, typically in uh teenage years like for young males especially because they're more prone to schizophrenia I believe like uh they'll experience those kind of breaks it's like that's why you see a lot of like young adults when they go to college they start to did you mention that he was talking to himself because i don't think i haven't but but (laughs) yeah so and okay sorry the only reason i bring it up sorry and i it's a spoiler alert because i i do he does show some signs so in the articles, they describe him as an unemployed security guard, which I'm like, okay, he's unemployed. Um, but Thomas would also be described as unemployed and also, like, being a security guard at some point. So oh. I I think that they had both gotten the job as security guards together and then quit when the out. other quit. Yeah, you know, like, that's, like, friendship, you know. Yeah. And... It was while they were unemployed that the boys would bond over watching movies together. 
and it was in August of 2002 that Thomas would actually bring Alan a movie called Queen of the Damned. So if you don't know the movie, it's pretty much like... Um, I haven't seen it. You can s- I don't think. you can see it, but I'm not necessarily recommending it. I mean, I think it's. Do you a- remember what year it came out? Because I it must be older. Obviously, it is. Uh, I believe early. It has to be like probably 2000. So, uh, fun fact, not so fun fact about the movie: the actress who played Akasha, who was like the vampire queen of the movie, actually died in a plane crash in 2001 at the age of 22. Oh. Yeah. So she, it was before 2001, or at least yeah, like before I, her death in 2001. Okay, shit. Yeah. So. Holy crap. Yeah. It like added a really big like hit of mystery. And then when this case broke out, uh, it just added more crap to the movie, of course, and whatever. But it's oh. basically a movie about how this vampire rock and roll band, like this one guy, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he sings. Okay, I'm going to go watch it, like, tonight. He sings a song. Vampire rock and roll, sold. The outfits, <laughs> the outfits, I die. He's no, wearing. nipples got. <laughs> <laughs> like, is it, like, leather? It's, like, the like sheer a... mesh top, Ooh, like, the main character. Oh, my God. I was looking at I I saw the movie when I was super young and I was trying to like remember what it was about so I was watching a few clips on YouTube and I was like it all came flooding back and I was like yes oh my god and there's like a huge love conflict I'm like oh I remember I remember all the emotions but it's like um he basically like sings a song and awakens the queen vampire Akasha who was played by uh I'm so sorry if I did not play uh, say her name because I didn't fucking write it down. Hold on. I'm going to look it up real quick. Her name is Aaliyah, uh, and she was a singer, R&B singer as well. Like, she was nominated. Wait, holy shit. Yeah. You're talking about Aaliyah? Yeah. Am I saying her name right? Yes. Okay. A-A-L-I-Y-A-H. A-H, yeah. And she doesn't have yes. a last name. Mm-hmm. Holy shit. Yeah. You know her? Okay, I'm sorry when I heard this story in the first time. I, if I... It, it's okay. Sorry, Kristen, guys. We're recording this I'm the second sorry, time because we're mishaps. Do you realize who Leah was? No. Well, I really liked oh her in the movie. God. They're going to come for you. I am. I'm not a big R... I'm, Holy like, not a big shit. R&B fan. Oh, my God. I was a metalhead in the early 2000s. Holy shit. Yeah. She starred in this... Okay, the fact that your story... <laughs> Sarah's just so the the fucking main character from this movie that that Alan was con that he was imagining was Aaliyah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Holy fucking shit. Yeah. I'm sorry. I am losing it right now because, um, like I was just imagining this random fucking bitch being a vampire, and then you mentioned that it was Aaliyah. Yeah, you look up, and she looks good. I'll send you a photo. Oh, I know, girl. I've seen her all her photos. Yeah, probably well, all of them. My my <laughs> phone's dead, them. but go. I haven't seen my phone's dead, but go look up. A... I haven't seen that movie, but fuck, girl, I've seen all her photos. Yeah, 
the outfit's insane. But it she so she's the one that plays the main character. And like as soon as Alan, yeah, for, sorry, spoiler alert for those who didn't hear Sarah. Sorry. It's okay. But he like sees it and becomes obsessed, obsessed with her. And he even I would have to. God damn it! I yeah, she's fucking banging in that movie i just made myself sound so old Mm -hmm. so he would even say that like he so it started off with he would think about the movie nonstop, and i mean like when i say he was obsessed like this kid watched it over a hundred times in so he got the movie in august and this happened the crime happened in december So within that amount of time, he watched it over 100 times. It had gotten so bad to the point, because this is early 2000s, it's on uh, VHS, and if you don't know what a VHS is, go the (laughs) fuck to bed, you shouldn't be listening to this podcast. Yeah, (laughs) night night. And that the VHS had gotten worn off, and he had to go buy a new one. Oh my god. Yeah. Ew. Yeah, so he, he, like, he loved, loved, loved it couldn't stop watching it so it started off with him hearing her voice and then it would progress to him like full-on seeing her and like her appearing at the edge of his bed at night and then like conversating pretty much Who wouldn't want to see a Leah right i'm like if night? you couldn't have told me that i couldn't have made that happen with joe jonas like i would have been all of on that shit come on and so it's just like so his dad would kind of like uh give evidence to support this so he would say that um he would hear his son alone in his room talking or shouting as if like someone was there but of course mm-hmm. no one else would be there Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. he also said that after watching this movie, his son's thoughts were thoroughly consumed by all things vampires, games, and blood, which he said didn't make for normal conversation. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) So... (laughs) I I couldn't imagine. like, hey, son. Bye, son. (laughs) Hey, son. Blood. Bye. Okay, bye. (laughs) Hi. (laughs) Bye. Like I know, like uh, when I was in fucking high school, didn't did you ever used to do the safety pin uh, that you would like stick it through your skin, like right underneath, like right before you drew blood, but you could like get no. it on your hand right under your callus, and then you could like wear the safety pin. No, that was just me. Okay, never mind. <laughs> we're just we're just moving like, along. Um. I know you were a cheerleader, so you probably had safety pins like lying around. But, well, yeah, this I was didn't just have <laughs> this was more middle school me when I was oh, okay. emo, but no, yeah, <clears throat> yeah, I straightened myself up, even though everyone on the team hated me. It's okay, <laughs> but um, so basically, when he started seeing Akasha, she would start to ask him like, "Hey, you need to kill people for me." And if you kill these people for me, I will do you a favor and I will give you the gift of immortality. Oh, no. Yeah. And so we see where this is going. And (laughs) so if this didn't make him the creepiest kid in school that no one would want to talk to. Well, he wasn't at school in school at this point, but when he did decide to go out, um, he would insist that people would call him vamp. Which I'm like, okay, bye. Hey, Ellen. No! It's Vamp. It's Vamp. 
<laughs> this like he changes his name a fucking get, and I'm like, what is your fucking pick one? Pick one. Sorry, I just like barked. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Makes for good audio. I just saw the audio spike, and I was like, <laughs> <laughs> um. So like, obviously the family noticed this kind of like. Uh, aggressive behavioral shift yeah this aggressive rapid shift in behavior but they this yeah like they were just kind of like it's that's just alan being alan i feel (laughs) like this is the fucking first episode again i'm just like yeah it's just them being them like you don't need to worry about (laughs) it Sorry. Sarah just loves to stick her foot in a peanut butter jar. That's just what she does. What the <laughs> fuck does that mean? I can just feel the peanut butter in my toes. Ew. But I mean, like, it's, it's what just... What does that mean? I don't know. I was just trying to think of something random. <laughs> I didn't know if that was an actual saying or not. No. I was like, it makes me feel icky. <laughs> no, I'll cut it out. I'll cut it out. No, it's fine. It's just like, I, I'm like, my toes, I feel like... But yeah, just, I don't know if that would feel good or bad. Uh, good if you could get a dog to flick you off. <laughs> just get Bush to go right up. Hey, Bush, he would go to town. I will tell you that. And I don't know if I'd enjoy it, to be honest. Oh my god, no. That would fucking be so disturbing. <laughs> my body just kind of shut down and glitched for a second. But I'm back. <laughs> We're here. Left factor up. (laughs) But yeah, so it's just like, yeah, you see the peanut butter jar that's empty and you're just like, oh, it's just, say la vie. That's just life. And it, (laughs) this kind of attitude, and I'm not blaming or whatever, it's just whatever joke, but this kind of like mentality would kind of further shift when in... Or, like, continue when, in December of 2002, Alan's father would return home and find some suspicious bloodstains throughout the house. Oh. And when he asked Alan, hey, like, what's up with these stains? Like, what are they from? Alan would just go, oh, don't worry about it, Dad. Like, I just cut my thumb opening a can of dog food. (gasps) And the dad was like okay yeah like that's that's cool no problem and he just kind of ignored the fact that neither one of his thumbs had a fucking cut on them oh and like all throughout the house like a little slice on your thumb would get blood all throughout the house in the first place oh i mean like maybe but i don't i didn't see photos but i'm like probably after hearing his wounds yeah no not that amount of blood Mm. Ugh. Thankfully, the police, though, had, like, they weren't buying it. So Ugh. they had they had actually searched Alan's home, like, a week prior to discovering Thomas's body. Oh. So it was part of just the general investigation. And also, I believe that it, Thomas, or not Thomas, sorry, that Alan had been named one of the last people that Thomas had seen. Oh, and right. He, so that makes him automatic, like... Yeah. And he also to happened to have, like, the blonde hair and blue-eyed... Oh, fucking, Yeah. Thing going. Oh. I don't... I'm not 100% sure if his eyes were blue, but they definitely uh, look like, like they could be dark blue. Yeah. 
Holy shit. Yeah. So it's just like ticking all the marks. And when it had, it like Alan wasn't helping himself look inconspicuous because the mom would, uh, Thomas's mom would say that she would be out running some kind of errand when Thomas was missing right before his body had been found and that she would actually run into Alan at wherever she was and that instead of Alan just being sympathetic or like asking how she's doing or if like worrying about Thomas he was basically Mm -hmm. just kind of asking like oh what kind of information do they have like what are the cops thinking happened have they they found anything do I need to be worried what's going on and like even even the mom would say she kind of like got a weird feeling from like the types of questions that he was asking so it was just like all sus super sus yeah and so a part of the investigation was, uh, yeah, actually going through Alan's home. And so when they went through his home, they would find uh, home videos. They would obviously find his beloved Queen of the Damned video. And they would also... Beloved. <laughs> I like, fucking love that movie, man. <laughs> they would find one of the Vampire Chronicle books. And they would also find Blood and Gold by Anne Rice, which is the um, author that the movie is based off of. Like she, yeah, she whatever, writes a book. bunch of the mm-hmm. vampire that type of stuff. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And in the books, they would also find various passages that had been handwritten and a lot of them had been misspelled. Like one of the articles fucking burned him so hard. and was like, you could obviously. Like he was taking notes kind of in the book. Yeah. Or like making his own little like side commentary on it. But like articles yeah. were like, you could obviously tell that this was written by someone who was uneducated and yada yada. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> but they would read pages of these books out to the court. And one of the passages that I was able to find was that. The blood is the life. I have drunk the blood, and it shall be mine, for I have seen horror. Ew. Okay. Mm-hmm. Drinking blood. Ew. Okay. So fucking guilty. Like, what the? Mm. <clears throat> it. As soon as investigators read this, and it would, like, go on and on and on. So as soon as they're reading this, they're like, look up, and they're like, oh, okay. So I, th- I think we have him here. Yeah. But it basically wasn't enough like you can't arrest someone for writing shit in a journal unfortunately even no matter like how convincing it is you know it's just like we are in scotland so yeah but still it's like you shouldn't arrest someone for just writing i guess you need a little bit they need more they need more you need more you need more so they couldn't do anything but pretty much like alan had moved to number one top of the list Hell yeah. But after the body was found, they were like, okay, well, a ring and dang dang, we got everything we need. Ring a ding a ding. Yeah. <laughs> we can get him in. And so on January 20th of 2003, investigators decide, all right, let's round him up. Let's go pick him up. And as soon as they pick him up, in the car on the way to the station, Alan basically spills the beans and admits to everything that happened that day okay of course according to alan on the day of the attack the pair were standing in his kitchen when thomas had apparently called akasha a black bitch 
and mm. had regarded her in a lot of sexual ways and asked if he even really believed if vampires existed, which... Oh, oh no. Yeah. I'm sorry I even said that. <laughs> feel gross. But it was then when Akasha had seemingly appeared in front of Alan, and though she wouldn't say anything, she would turn her back to him and it was in that moment in Alan's mind where he would come to the realization that like she was upset with that she was upset with what just happened and he essentially Ugh. needed to kill Thomas. Yeah, it was like go for it. Yeah. <laughs> like revenge. In his mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ugh. So it was then that he would grab a hammer that was in the surrounding area, turn around and strike his best friend of over ten years. Ten oh, times in the God. head. Girl, best friend. That's my best friend. <laughs> Sorry. Not a best friend of mine after that. Mm-mm. Oh, no. It was then that Alan would grab a knife and stab him a total of 42 times <sighs> before lowering himself with a whiskey glass <gasps> so that he could fill it with Thomas's blood and drink it. Uh, uh. <laughs> He supposedly had two glasses of his friend's blood. He so he to drink the blood. He fucking went back and got. Ugh. You are not Damon Salvatore. Stop. <laughs> like, uh, no. Oh, I can't. I just like my mouth right now. It kind of is like salivating, and it tastes like I like. It doesn't taste like nickels. Like, I don't taste blood right now, but I can just, imagine. Just, like, imagine. It. Yeah. Ugh. 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 He would even go as far as consuming part of his brain <gasps> or skull. So, oh. like, some articles said skull. A lot of articles said skull. But I can't imagine a skull being good for your fine like diet. A yeah, like, that's bone. That's- I, I don't well, think that would make it through your esophagus. Your tummy well, acid. To your tummy. Your poor tummy. Maybe he was like sucking. Ugh. Sucking on it. <laughs> Stop <laughs> making that noise. Sorry. Oh my god. Yeah, it's just like I, I, I can't. I can't imagine someone eating a skull. So I'm just gonna say brain because if you eat a skull, that automatically just makes you a psychopath in my book. Which apparently, no, like, apparently he was. <laughs> yeah, to but be fair. I'm just like, Skull, why? A lot. A, like, more articles said Skull than Brain. Maybe it's just the way they report. Can that, like, can your stomach fucking dissolve? It's, Skull is bone. Exactly. Can your stomach so just... dissolve bone? How do you, are you going to poop that out? That's a... Oh, Not when it's whole, I don't a think. small chunk. I, mean, uh, I don't know. Maybe it's only a danger if it's sharp because that's when it can cut up your shit going down. Yeah, I don't know. It was like but apparently... I can't imagine it not being sharp after beating the shit out of him. It was like a fragment that had been dislodged during the attack. Maybe he like soaked it and made some tea from it. Ew. No. Don't think that's what happened. <laughs> The entire time that it was going on, though, he would say that he could see Akasha looking on and basically encouraging his actions. Yeah, right, asshole. 
it was from there that Alan would just chillax. You know, he'd watch some TV. He would feed the family ferrets and listen to some music. Ew. I have, like, I really want to know what he listened to. I know, right? Like, some kind of, like, vamp, like, evanescence, probably. Right. Oh, <laughs> shut up. I listened to that. <laughs> I know. They're awesome. No they're great. Hate. They're great. I love them. So... I guess, like, when he was done doing that, like, done chilling, it's like, what the fuck? He would take his now ex-best friend, because oh. I would assume that Thomas would want nothing to do with this fucking kid, so I'm just yeah, separating the friendship the for there them. On that one. <laughs> yeah, I think he went a tad too far right there. So he would take his ex-best friend, put him in a little wheelie bin, <gasps> And then take him to a wooded area and bury him in a shallow grave where it would take a little over five weeks for him to be found. Like, the, you couldn't Ugh. even fucking, like, I would, if I were to have murdered you, I would be a little bit more respectful, at least when I buried you. I'd give you something a little bit nicer. The line was crossed. No respect. Mm-mm. To be seen for miles <laughs> and miles. Did you see that meme? <laughs> I think I saw it on, I don't know, Twitter, Instagram, I don't know. And it was like, why is every murders, murderer such an idiot to bury their victim in the backyard? And somebody replied, like, not everybody has the pr- privilege of owning a car and being able to put a body in it and then having the gas money to drive it into a remote area to bury it and then drive home, okay? So take your privilege somewhere else. <laughs> we're, we're poor serial killers here, okay? <laughs> now you lay on this air mattress while I plug your back out. <laughs> so he took his wheelbarrow down the village, through the village... God damn it. <laughs> so, mind you, like, th- he's in a car with these two cops while this is all happening. And, like, while he's saying this story, the cops are like, no, wait, like, please stop. Like, wait, just wait until we get to the station. Like, you you have the right to remain silent. Just hold on. Just, that's enough yeah. slices. <laughs> It's another TikTok reference, sorry. (laughs) But he's like, yeah, that's fucking enough. And Alan would just, like, keep on going. And he'd be like, yeah, no, no, I did all of this because I, Akasha said that she would make me immortal and that I would be a vampire. (laughs) And so DC Lowe, who was driving, and DC Marr, who was sitting in the back with him, so there were three cops in the vehicle? No, it was just two. I don't know why oh, Mar okay. would not sit in the front. Like, And after oh. hearing that story, I'm like, okay, can you pull over so I can sit in the front? Because I don't want to yeah. sit with this kid anymore. But uh, they basically said, like, when he got into the car, it, Alan would go, how do you think things will go today? I'm going to get 20 to 25 years for this, for doing him with a hammer and my Bowie knife. But I got his soul. <gasps> I'd be like, okay, partner, please pull the fuck over. Like, I'm going to sit up there with you now. Nope, 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 nope. He would go on to describe, I drank a bit of his blood and I ate a bit of his head. 
There was oh. blood everywhere, and I bur- buried him up in the woods with the weapons away from the body. He would even go into detail about he ha- how he had stabbed Thomas in the rear of his neck four times, even taking oh. a kitchen knife and pushing it through his throat and into his brain. <gasps> what the fuck? I'm just like... Sorry, trigger warning going at you way too late for that one. I gotta get better at those one day. As soon as they get to the station, I guess, like, Thomas uh, plays with the story for a little bit, but then after some time, he's like, actually, no, none of that happened, and uh, I don't know what happened to Thomas. But it's like... You already just admitted to everything. <laughs> you gave us the full... Right. The rundown. Yeah. Like, play-by-play. Play. No, no, no. The, the Crown would say that Mr. Alan Menzies had murdered Mr. Thomas McKendrick at Alan's home in Lanrig Avenue Farmhouse. Alan would go on to deny both charges, but would offer a plea deal of guilty to cul- culpable hom- homicide for reasons of diminished responsibility which thankfully was rejected later by the crown. Okay. I was about to say like what the fuck? Yeah. So it was it was basically like they were trying to give Alan a deal, but then he didn't want to take the deal. But then after he got charged, he was like no no no, no wait. I'll I'll take the deal or I'll like give you what you want uh if you let me go to like a state hospital which they were like no fuck that like fuck you we're not doing that anymore so basically after that they were just like no fuck it we're going the full way so Alan who changed his name yet again so he wanted to be called Leon like the assassin from the film Queen of the Damned and he would describe to the court how he truly believed that he was, in fact, a vampire and how he had officially achieved immortality. Oh. He would even go on to describe how him and Akasha were upset to find out that there weren't any other vampires in Carstairs, which was the hosp- state hospital that he was spending time at while he was, like, in, uh, while he was in trial. Yeah. And... He would go on to tell the court that if given the option, he would kill again. Ugh. That this is what we vampires do. And... Okay. Yeah. That basically, like, in order to get his blood, he had to kill them. I'm like, there was no in-between for him. He was like, we need to murder in order to feed. Is how he yeah, described it. We know the there's a an actual real-life vampire... Vampirism. 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 Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it has nothing to do with murdering people. No. It's all (laughs) consensual and it's not anything, anything like this. And yeah, I definitely ran into uh, research on that community a little bit. But yeah, this is totally if you practice vampirism, if you're interested in it, like all for it. This is not what we're talking about. This dude is just fucking taking vampirism and giving it a really fucking bad name so he 
when asked if he could turn back the clock and essentially like take everything back, he said no, that he felt no regret essentially, oh. and that he really only felt bad for the mom and sister that they, I guess, like had to deal with this. Okay. Which I'm like, I guess. Then why fucking do it? Ugh. What the fuck? He also added that Akasha had told him. That this whole trial was basically a farce and that the judge and the jury were working for the prosecution. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. <laughs> and it and this is where it gets tricky. So he tells people like this is happening because I'm a paranoid schizophrenic and like this is why I attacked my best friend. So this is where the theory of him basically like exaggerating uh, stories or him exaggerating experiences that he had in order to get like a mental illness plea. Plea, yeah. But when I hear accounts from the parents, it makes it seem like it wasn't uh, exaggerated in a sense. Like I really, right. I really do think that he hallucinated in some sense. His behavior, yeah. Showed, yeah. And they do. Like, the doctors and the professionals will call it just a vivid fantasy and that basically he wasn't mentally ill. So, I know... uh, Right. So, he was never diagnosed paranoid schizophrenic. He was just saying that. So, yeah. Three psychiatrists had examined him after he had been arrested and determined, like, yeah, there was no way that Alan was schizophrenic. He was just suffering from antisocial personality disorder. So... Oh, yeah. He just, like... He was basically saying, like, you're, there's no way that you're mentally ill. You're just, have a vivid, like, imagination is basically what they were saying. some people suffer from antisocial disorders so bad to where it is a mental illness because, um, what was the case that I did? Uh, the, oh, the cherub-faced killer Mm-mm. he suffered from the antisocial disorders to where it was so bad where it was like not um it was not treatable or fixable and that can really like be a mental illness to a sense yeah and i don't know from what they they're it's so classified but yeah, so Maybe. there there was one there was one psychiatri- uh, psychiatric consultant that would support the claim that yes he was he was a paranoid schizophrenic, and when I look at it, I I really do think with the parents' accounts and with the hallucinations, I really do believe that yeah he was probably a paranoid schizophrenic and i think this is early 2000s it's a lot easier for mental illness to kind of be pushed to the side in terms of like whatever it's not to i'm not trying to diminish the responsibility that he should have for the murder that he committed because just because you have a mental illness doesn't mean that you should be allowed to murder someone but I, I just as far think, as mental illness in the judicial system, I think this one slipped through I feel the cracks like a bit. It, it, yeah, it definitely um, fell through the cracks. Yeah. With this, on October eighth of two thousand and three, the jury 
after only 90 minutes of deliberation would, oh. yeah, like very, very short in and out, okay. had some coffee, had a donut, and we're like, okay, yeah. walked out. Yeah. Here's <laughs> like, the bathroom real quick. Yeah. Here's what we know. So they would unanimously declare him guilty of murder and would hand him a life sentence with at least a minimum of 18 years in prison before oh. parole. I feel like that's not a lot. It's not a lot. I hate that. Like, what's the point of a life sentence if you give with because <laughs> and, and it's like a, with a minimum of, of eighteen years, but then they end up getting released on like, good behavior. Not even half of that, you know. I'm like fuck, if they get a life sentence, it should be fucking that a fucking life sentence <laughs> like, till Unlo- death, unless you have part. yeah, um, <laughs> it's a fucking marriage, and until you have some fucking proper evidence, like unless the fucking system's having an affair and they cheated you dirty, and you have the proof, then like you get out of that sentence. It's just no, no point. Yeah. My mind might be changed depending on the case, but yeah. for this one. Well, it would be when they one, would have sufficient He evidence. literally admitted he would do it, again, do it again, so he literally should not ever be let ever. out. So if he gets a life sentence, he should be in there for his entire life. Yeah. Depending on other cases. We'll see. We'll, we'll get, see. We'll get to that one another my, day. My opinions are flexible, people. Okay. <laughs> So, the judge, Roderick McDonald, would tell Alan that he was an evil, violent, and highly dangerous man, and he was not fit to be at liberty, which, hallelujah, agree. Hallelujah. Praise. Praise the non-existent Lord. Praise whoever is above. Mm -hmm. So, on his way to Sauton Prison, Alan would turn to the people driving him and go hey i'll plead guilty don't worry about it like i'll change my thing to guilty if i can go back to car stairs which was the state hospital that he was Mm -hmm. staying at and they were like yeah no fuck you (laughs) he really didn't want to go to prison (laughs) really really didn't want to go there after his client alan was released from jail solicitor amar anwar would say that the case had highlighted the social stigma that was surrounding mental health so the con- he said that the continued taboo and the lack of understanding or support of schi- schizophrenia and mental health in our community can only mean that the tragedies like this case are more likely to happen and not less. Which I kind of agree with because uh, obviously Alan had a lot of signs where someone could have interjected and given him resources oh, yeah. where you could at least like lock him in a state hospital it's too late to blame it on that that kind of stuff he like him and his team or whatever his defense they shouldn't have relied on that um honestly because there were chances for him to get help and even like just his whole situation aside early intervention is the most important in these kind of uh, people with these um, d- like mental health and disorders and traumas and uh, so the earlier the intervention the better and the fact that he didn't get any obviously plays a huge effect so to play that whole thing that whole card I mean I'm not saying you shouldn't if you are mentally ill like use that as a defense but it's for him to be like, for his parents to be like, no, yeah, nah. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Back especially and especially for them to see the signs of hey, he potentially has a really big problem, and they just completely ignored it. It's like it. they saw it and they were afraid to get help. Almost, it's because there's such a stigma of like that you can't have a mental illness because you're defective or you're not normal or yeah when there's like literally so much worse could be wrong yeah and and it's just like when you everyone is going through something everyone has like you would be surprised at the amount of people in society that have some type of mental illness that they are dealing with it's not just you it's not just like you battling this fight and it's just so silly that we put so much pressure on this mental illness game that like if you have one that means that something's wrong with you no it just means that you're fucking living life and there's nothing wrong with having a mental illness or anything like it just means that something happened and you you you're you're living with it yeah it just means that life dealt you this hand and fucking you could handle it they couldn't, so fuck know? off. You're living with it however you live with it. But it's just, yeah, there were definitely failed. Society failed Alan and ultimately failed Thomas because these safeguards yeah. should have been set in place so that Alan wouldn't get to a point where he would harm people in society. He would literally kill his best friend. His best he, friend. Since he was four. four. I'm sorry, but four years old and i can assure you that thomas would have never seen it coming ever like why would he he knew that his friend was prone to violent acts and he still trusted but never towards him right yeah he always trusted his best friend gave him the complete sense to like go over there in a kitchen where there are fucking dangerous utensils and hang out with him and not think that he was in harm's way. Like, Thomas had complete and total trust in him. And it's so upsetting how Thomas was just utterly let down and the ultimate victim in this. Ugh. It's just so upsetting. Completely. And it's, ugh, like, I get into it a little bit later, but it's just, like, how little I could find regarding Thomas is so upsetting like we obviously are just so focused on alan and whatnot like i could find so many things in regard to alan's early life but like thomas is rarely talked about in this case and it's really truly sad because his parents or his mom and his sister like his family is truly going through some shit like they were going through intense intense emotions and then for their son or their brother to be so lightly brushed over like right fuck you media so outside of court thomas's mother would say that she was pleased with the outcome of alan's sentencing and thomas's sister sandra mary would go on to say that alan had gotten had got what she deserved and she believed that he was not mentally ill which she's totally can have her opinion i'm not Right. Don't go for her. And the family Don't. knew him, too. So yeah. So you can't completely, like, discount what they say. Cause, yeah. You know, we we read the facts and what we hear, and we have our own opinions. And and we've we already read articles where the, the media is totally wrong. Right. So exactly. And how they twist certain things. So but they were friends since they were four years old. Yeah. So their families were friends. They knew each other's child yeah. as if they were their own. 
Yeah. So she, for their personal opinions, like you have to take that into account. You you just have to respect it. Like you have yeah. to respect if someone has a different opinion than you. Fine. There, that's nothing wrong with that. Like the world is still going round. Like, and she has such a per- close personal tie that I will never be ever be able to obtain. So like, yeah, her opinion right. is way higher than mine ever will be. But she basically said it was just Thomas, or it was just Alan committing this like horrendous, horrendous act, and it was yeah, just like him. He was just prone. Yeah, it was just him fucking doing it, just doing it, just cause. Yeah. After the trial, when he was taken into the jail and not the state, the state hospital that he was wanting so bad, the officers would describe that he was kind of like in a sense of shock. And it also kind of had to do with the fact that he, I think, really assumed that he was only getting 20 to 25. So when he heard life, he was like, oh, shit. Like, I, I really didn't get it. Sorry. Like, I, like, yeah. People do these things and they expect. They, they're like, first, why? The first problem is that you have expectations about yes. how you're going to get away or get off. I'm like. And that's the first mistake because. You <laughs> murdered someone. You're luckier even here. Jeez. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. What the... It's just okay. so. Yeah. Yeah. You can call the shots. Like... No problem. I, I, I'm sorry. I, this is the jail sense I was expen- expecting. <laughs> Like, excuse me, Judge, are you sure it's not supposed to be 20 to 25? Excuse me, Judge, the Wikipedia (laughs) told me that this was going to be 20 to 25, okay? We need a... That's what I was expecting here, sir, so if we could really, like, come to an agreement, that'd be great. (laughs) Just peachy. Because of all of this, and, like, because of his previous history of, like, him, like, his uh, history with self harm and whatnot he was put on suicide watch as soon as he was brought to the jail though by so and this was like october 3rd i believe i said october 8th so october 8th was when he got uh sentenced and by october 30th they had taken him off of suicide watch and put him basically back with the general population so this would last until November 15th of 2004 when at approximately 8.05 a.m., while his appeal was actually still currently pending for the murder of Thomas, the mm-hmm. lifeless body of Alan Menzies, who was 23 at the time, would be found in his dead in his prison cell. Tell me more. So an inquiry was made into his death and they determined that he had to died sometime between 5 p.m. on Sunday, November 14th and 8 a.m. on November 15th, which is a pretty big time gap. Yeah, okay. And um, how was he found dead? Like, what happened? So they would find... So he had hung himself with a bed sheet from a metal, like, uh, bar that was located outside of the window of his cell, like a metal frame shit yeah and he had obviously like attempted suicide in a similar manner in a place like this before um yeah when he was at saint mary's with the pajamas so yeah he's just kind of i guess like had experience i hate to say but oh that is kind of weird like i i don't like i since he has the behavior and the history of suicide um 
tendencies, suicidal tendencies, I like believe that he would hang himself, Mm -hmm. but also like that time frame of which. 5, 5 p.m. to 8 a.m. It doesn't help that we also just had a case about detention centers in yeah, the fucking so UK area. The guards, <laughs> and again, we're in Scotland. I don't know, okay? Um, but how often do the guards go on their little roundabouts? Like, you'd think it'd be... Not five... It would be later than long. 5 p.m. Yeah, and I know, like... every like, few hours at, at the most. I don't know. Yeah, and, and a, um, apparently there were, obviously, like, photos of how he was hung, which I am i didn't uh, dig that deep to try and find. I don't think that you can find it. It's kind of, like, oh, an official document. I was going to say, send me links, girl. No, <laughs> I don't think you can find it. From what I read, like, people were really disturbed when they did see the photos, um, so I don't think that he was hanging in a place where, like, if you were to peek in the cell, it would just be like, oh, he's just taking a nap or like, oh, oh he's yeah. just chilling. Gotcha. Like it would you would look in and probably clearly see that, oh, he had hung himself or he had committed suicide. Yeah. Uh, so they would obviously question his mom and his family Uh, following his death and his mom had actually said that she had last seen her son on November 5th and described him as being quite cheery and perky and that she really had like no indication that he was suicidal at all though she uh, did mention that she saw marks on his arms like I guess uh, self-harm marks but when she would ask him about it he got really uh, defensive and violent and was just kind of like f off and didn't really say anything else fuck so after the death in no way is connected but i thought was really interesting so alan's first cousin would actually be accused in 2012 of tying a little boy up into a bag suspending him from the ceiling and beating the boy but Apparently, the two boys that had told the story to the cops had major discrepancies in them, and the charges were eventually dropped. And there were apparently witnesses that had said, like, the boys' mothers that had made the claims against Alan's first cousin, which I'm not going to say his name because obviously he wasn't charged and whatnot, but um, the mom had been witness saying, like, oh, she wanted to ruin the family's lives and... (gasps) I guess it was said that, like, and probably thought with uh, Alan's, like, history, it may be easy to think, like, oh, this family is prone to violence or whatever. In no way is connected, but I thought was super, super interesting. I saw that article, and I was like, what the hell is this? Yeah, like, side note, definitely important Yeah. (laughs) So, like, the family is still, like, having to deal with shit, like, pretty fucking recently within the their lives which kind of sucks because they've already clearly had to have had dealt with a lot um and i always want to try to end the note of the case talking about the victim but like i had previously mentioned like they really really did thomas mckendrick dirty and did not really give me any information i even tried to find like an obituary where they would say something and my i'm one not that great of a google expert so i didn't try 
I guess I don't know how to look that hard, but from what I could try to find, um, Thomas was described as a really kind young man and a keen ferret hunter. And he loved spending time in the woods with his pets hunting and was described as like a super, super trusting dude. Like could just get anyone around him to smile, laugh. So yeah, it seemed like a really genuine good dude. You look at his photo and it's just really sad. Like, yeah, just a life taken way too soon and from someone who he trusted with his life. And unfortunately, it was just the wrong person to trust. But yeah, yeah, that is the case of the unfortunate and senseless murder of Thomas McKendrick. Damn. Mm-hmm. We're still best friends, right? I Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to do that to you. I promise. <laughs> I Shit. like Vampire Diaries, but not that bad, okay? This is only my second time rewatching it. And I'm probably <laughs> not going to rewatch it again. <laughs> Twilight, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> can't, can't make claims on that one. But those oh, guys man. sparkle. They're not well, as bad. Yeah, thank you for that. Jeez, for taking my... Scottish interests in consideration as well as the uh, story in itself, man. Wow. Yeah, you know, that's what besties are for. (laughs) Well, shit. (gasps) Oh, God. Oh, God. (laughs) Oh, no. Don't spill it. It's okay. You have have to cheers for one last sip. Mm -hmm. Well, cheers to us being best friends in the sense that I will never have to worry about you killing me. Yeah. Uh, cheers to Leah, bitches. Rest in peace. Wait. <clears throat> cheers to Leah. Rest in peace. Our Holy IP. crap! Because I did not expect like that little. Yeah, send me some songs. Element. Yeah, well, it's it's not only her music, but her life in a whole is an incredible story okay well we'll talk about it after yeah yeah all right guys well until next time be sure to follow us on all the socials the tweeter bird the insta camera the ticka talker and the youtube tv at r-a-r-w podcast meow Meow. And don't call me old because I already know it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay, bye. bye. <laughs>